Welcome to Forward Progress here on the Hammer Betting Network, week five in the NFL. Rob Pizzola, joined as usual by Clive Bixby. Clive, how's it going? Hey, what's going on? Another week in the books, just about. Another week in the books, just about. For full transparency, we are recording this during the second half of Sunday Night Football, as we do on a weekly basis. And I might as well start with an announcement, because this will be the last time that this Forward Progress is pre-recorded starting next week we will go live at 10 30 eastern time on sunday nights during the second half of sunday night football now for those of you who just consume this on monday in the morning no problem whatsoever you don't have to join live to get entertainment value out of it you can just listen to the podcast the next day if you totally wanted to nothing is really changing other than the fact that we'd be looking for some live interaction and we would allow people to interact with us live in real time, potentially answer some questions, get some comments. So next week, 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Forward Progress will be live on the Hammer Betting Network. You can follow us on Twitter. The tweet will go out, live notification, simple as that. I'm actually looking forward to that, Clive, to be honest with you, just being able to get some, uh, you know, human interaction in real time. Yeah, and I think, you know, the feedback that we've gotten, it it makes sense. You know, not everybody's going to hear everything at 7.30, o'clock in the morning, you know, and be able to react to what we think lines are and things like that. So it gives them an opportunity to maybe, you know, after we discuss our initial thoughts, you know, they can make some decisions and and make some plays on their own. Absolutely. And maybe we would get some live reaction in real time on Sunday Night Football, like the Bengals just going for fourth and two and not getting it. Uh, as the Ravens turn them over at the goal line. So that kind of stuff I think will be intriguing. Um, You did mention it, Clive. We did ask people for feedback. First of all, I want to say from both myself and Clive, the the positivity is very much appreciated. Uh, We do thank you for that. Obviously, um, you know, we, we, we record this because we have a goal of growing a following and growing an audience, and we want this to be the best podcast possible for those who are listening. So we do appreciate all of the feedback. For those who just said that they love the show, I also appreciate that as well. For those who are more negative, that's fine as well. All feedback is welcome, and we will always take all feedback from people. So this week, you asked for a little bit more structure. We will structure it a little bit better so we're not bouncing back and forth from this week to next week and last week and so on and so forth. So we will start with a recap of this week. Uh, First and foremost, though, Clive, have to ask, because we don't really talk over the course of a Sunday. I don't know what you were on. I need to know what what I'm getting into here going into the podcast. If I'm going to get angry, Clive, or happy, Clive, how was the day for you? Uh, Mediocre, Clive. Uh, You're not going to get mediocre, (laughs) Clive, in terms of reactions, but that's what you got from betting today. Uh, I think I'm down a half a unit uh, overall. I don't have anything tomorrow. Um, So just a half a unit. My bigger play was on uh, Miami today. So when Bridgewater goes down the first Mm. frigging play of the game, that really wasn't the best. But that that was the majority. Won a couple smaller bets, but that's that's what I was dealing with. What about you? So I would have I'd trade anything in the world for mediocre Clive right now. <laughs> uh, I had I had a really rough day, probably one of my worst over the course of the last two or three football seasons. Um, just a lot of painful losses, which makes it so much worse. Um, you, you know that that's what that's what makes these types of days tougher. Don't really mind losing. It's just frustrating when you lose so many coin flips in one day and they just all work against you. So a few examples, but Tampa Bay minus eight, nine, uh, roughly eight and a half average price there. Eagles minus five, 
Uh, I lost Washington on the spread and the over in that game on the same play to end the game, which was the Carson Wentz interception. Uh, just really painful stuff. And then the bigger plays that I had um, kind of salvaged the day, which were the Patriots and the uh, 49ers, which was a late ad for me today, which is extremely unusual, but not a great one. Not going to look forward to recapping this week, uh, but we won't go game by game anymore. I, I want to start here with a question for you, Clive. Was there anything you felt strongly about going into this week that was solidified by today's games? Uh, so first I would probably say that the Packers offense is not going to turn it around, or I, I do not have a lot of confidence that the Packers offense is going to turn it around. That was one. Um, secondly, probably the Cleveland Browns offense is, let me rephrase. I would say the Chargers defense is what I expected it to be today. And the Browns were able to kind of run the ball down their throat a, a pretty solid amount. Those were the two things that I had in mind that I that I guess were solidified. And and Dallas's defense is still really good, even with a banged up Micah Parsons. Yeah, so I could start with the Packers for sure because I woke up to that game this morning. And I mean, this is kind of why I, I couldn't go anywhere near laying that price with them today. Um, it's it's just such a mediocre offense right now. Like on on if you look at the statistical metrics. Green Bay's 14th in EPA per play. They're roughly right around league average in success rate as well, which is not terrible. But where we're relative to seeing the Packers, it's pretty terrible. And for the second week in a row, the opposing team was just able to run it down the throat of their defense as well, which this was everyone's like, Green Bay finally has a defense this year. This is the year. This And then back-to-back weeks, we see New England with a lot of success on the ground, the Giants with a lot of success on the ground. And what's even scarier is if you look at the quarterbacks of those teams playing those games, it's not like Green Bay really had to defend you know, the passing game all that much either. They could have sold out to stop the run. So uh, I do have some legitimate concerns with the Packers going forward. And, and this is week five. Like This is not like, oh, you know what? They'll get it together at some point. They might, but five weeks. I mean, these are warning signs that maybe this is just what the Packers are going to be. Yeah, and it's. I, I think I've realized... And maybe I underestimated how good Devontae Adams was because he had Aaron Rodgers and he is still playing incredibly well with Derek Carr so far. Small sample in in Vegas, but we'll see a little bit more from him tomorrow. But I always was more of the mindset that Aaron Rodgers was making Adams and now seeing what I'm seeing now, I think it's a little bit more 50-50. Yeah, I mean, that it's always tough with those situations, right? Like who made who? I just think that they had such a chemistry that they both heightened each other, really. I mean, it was it was one of those things where he just they were just on the same page. It sounds very cliche, but obviously anyone who watched that offense over the course of the of years, they would understand that. And now Alan Lazard, Romeo Dobbs, Randall Cobb, I mean Randall Cobb, older Randall Cobb. Yeah, what year is it? Exactly. <laughs> it's just it's just not cutting it anymore. And Uh, it's just really weird to see, but a game like that where the Packers go out early and then essentially they just can't do anything offensively for the rest of the game, 4.9 yards per play. Um, Even, you know, four for 10 on third down, not too bad overall. But when you consider the fact that they started out so well and then just couldn't manufacture anything after the fact, I don't know. I mean, they're, they're they're on my radar for... If they don't get it right against the Jets next week, then this might just be who the Packers are. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. I, I really am not liking what I'm seeing from them at all. 
Uh, in terms of solidifying opinions for me, I went into the day telling myself the Jags have fraud potential. I, actually, let me rephrase, rephrase that. A lot of people thought they knew what the Jags are or were. I went into this week saying that there's actually a very wide range on what the Jags could be because of who they've played so far this year and how those games have gone. So when we look at what the Jags have done so far this year, they were the team that lost to Washington in week one, which now looks like a horrendous loss. Uh, last week, they got they got bullied by Philadelphia last week. Their wins were in week two and three, Colts and Chargers, both teams who were very beat up in those games. And we also know now that the Colts are not very good. And the Chargers were just like missing everyone in that game. So I, I kind of went into this week, like, who are the people that are taking the Jags and Survivors? survivor pools and want to lay a touchdown with a team that like if if the Jags played Houston week one we talked about this last week on forward progress they would probably would have been like a three-point favorite in that game now they're up to seven and we have no idea who they actually are and then they come out today and they lose to the Houston Texans a game which I mean if you do look at the box score metrics I don't know how the Jags actually lost the game because it was it, it, it's just like a weird box score right Texans 4.4 yards per play they win the game 13-6 uh, I'm I'm kind of just struggling to figure out where everything went wrong for Jacksonville today but regardless they lost to the Houston Texans at home so I think this just solidifies for me that there is a very, still a very wide range on what the Jags are, but they they do have fraud potential, in my opinion. They they do, and I can understand the general public seeing a big win against a team like the Chargers, right? Like you see, it, but who was playing for the Chargers? And the same thing, who was playing for the Colts? This was a very weird week for me with so many games that I was like, I, I just don't trust this team. And this was one of them where I feel like on paper in my head, based on what I've seen, they should be able to cover six and a half, seven against Houston. But then you got what you got today. So it's like that huge range. You have that huge deviation of what they could be. They could be really good or they could be really bad. And they've had weird games too with players missing. Last week was a rainy slop fest. And then week one against the commander. So to your point, who are they? I don't know if it was just today only, but it feels like big favorites are just never, ever safe. Like when you think about what the games were today, particularly looking at Green Bay getting out to a huge lead, they lose outright. Uh, you look at Tampa Bay, 21-0, Atlanta covers the spread in that game. Minnesota can't, you know, all these teams that went in as big favorites with the exception of Buffalo, who seems to, for years now, have consistently covered these big numbers, it's very hard. It's going to be very hard for me to bet favorites of a touchdown or more going forward because you even look at, like I said, that Jags game. I have no idea how Houston even won, uh, let alone covered seven based off of box score metrics, but they do. And I don't like. Maybe I'm going to have to start splitting between first half and full game. Like I honestly thought that today. Yeah, I saw a couple people post something like that for, for Philly today as an example against Cardinals. Uh, and I was a little bit intrigued by that. Uh, I had a very small play on the Cardinals team total under in that game. Uh, but the teams that covered their big numbers today were the 49ers and the Bills, and that was it. I mean, the Rams were five-point favorites, and they they lost by 12. And they, I mean, I really didn't feel like they were really in that game all that much either, to be honest. Um so uh, to your point, there's just not, there's not a lot of safety in those bigger numbers anymore. The last thing I will say in terms of 
an opinion that was solidified today for me was that the Panthers are a toxic, unbettable team. And I, I shouldn't say unbettable because there's always got to be a number where you would buy a team. But we're now talking about a Panthers team that loses today. I believe they're now 3-16 and 16 against the spread in their last 19 games. They have no quarterback. They have a horrible coaching staff. And I think people continuously talk themselves into betting Carolina every week, thinking that, oh, you know, obviously you're betting numbers, but like this is too many points. So, and it's never enough points. It just never is enough points with this team. They consistently find a way to be horrible. And their defense is not even that bad, but they get, you know, the offense can't move the ball whatsoever. And then things just spiral completely out of control. So um, that was the last thing for me today. I, I honestly play, this is like the first time in forever where I played against a raw number of mine and just talking with someone that I really respect who is very high on San Fran was just like, make make the case for Carolina. Like, why is your model outputting that? And I'm I'm going through my numbers. I'm like, I, I can definitely see why it's potentially overrating Baker Mayfield um, because he's obviously had a point in life where he was much better than he was now, but strip that out and I could get a very different number on the game altogether. So uh, Carolina to me, you got to give me a big price on Carolina. We might get one next week, but it's got to be something where it's like unfathomably big for me to bet that team. Yeah, I, I could not get myself to pull the trigger this week with the 49ers as much as I liked it. Um, because from a numbers perspective, I thought six, six and a half was probably where the number should be on the road for San Francisco, given what their range of outcomes can be, especially with, you know, Jimmy G. But I, I mean, in order for me to have taken the Panthers today, I think I would have need to get eight and a half or more. That's the point where I think I would have considered the Panthers. It was either a 49ers bet for me this week or nothing at all. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat on some of these teams going forwards. Um, Carolina would be one of them. Um, I mean, certainly I think Washington is going to be in that boat. Although we'll talk about Thursday night football next week, which is against the Bears. I mean, if there was a time that I would bet Washington again or be willing to, it would probably be against the Bears. Uh, do want to flip the switch a little bit here. Still in recap mode, but did anything happen this week that greatly changed your opinion of a team where you might adjust a, a team's rating going forwards or just something to think about and say, hey, maybe I don't have this team pegged for what it actually could be? Um, so maybe it's the Patriots defense for me. But I think I've more so for me, I think the team that I've probably just been wrong and maybe have been overrating has been the Vikings. Um, I have them just better than they're playing or at least what the outcomes have been. I don't know how the Bears put up 22 today, to be honest, but they did. Um, so they're the team that I just can't seem to to get right. And then the Jets. The Jets is another one. I mean, this is an aberration with Teddy Bridgewater going out, you know, the first offensive play but even still just what they did offensively today i was surprised yeah uh i hear you vikings i have no idea it's it seems like the the zimmer zimmer era era excuse me has transcended into the o'connell era in that they still suck in these like they play close games no matter what somehow as big favorites um the way that they started the game today, I think Kirk Cousins started like 14 of 14 or something. He had whatever yep. he wanted through the air. And then they just let teams hang around and let teams back into the game. And uh, it's, I, I, I don't know, it's, it, it's, I find it dumbfounding when, when 
teams go through these coaching changes and these regime changes and they still play the exact same type of games. Like the Chargers are another one for me, right? How do the Chargers, are they always involved in these same types of games pretty regularly? I guess at least now they're winning some of these close games rather than Anthony Lynn blowing them at the end of every week. But I don't I don't know what the Vikings are. I think, I think on a weekly basis, you have this middle tier of NFL teams, or let's, I don't want to say middle tier because I think the Vikings are slightly above average. You can feel mm-hmm. free to disagree with me, but you do have a, like your elite teams, Buffalo, KC, probably that's it. And probably a gap between Buffalo and KC a little bit. And then you have this like plethora of other teams that you can just lump into one bucket. And for me, like one of my big takeaways today was that the Eagles felt beatable for the first time. Like I had them much closer to Buffalo and KC going into this week than I think I would coming out of this week. And part of that is the quality of competition because I don't think, like I think Arizona stinks and the Cardinals gave them a game. And defensively, the Cardinals, after after those early touchdowns, they put the clamps down on Jalen Hurts for the rest of the game. Granted some offensive line injuries for the Eagles mid-game, but regardless, that was... One of those games where in previous weeks, I would have expected them to just kind of take over and like blow the team out of the water. And they didn't do that today. Well, the Eagles have to be number one on any power rankings because they are undefeated. That's the (laughs) rule. That's what I've heard. I've heard they have no losses, so they are number one in power rankings. How can I rate the Bills above the Eagles when they don't have any losses? All kidding aside, um, the Eagles against that Cardinal defense, I expected more. I will say that. I did expect more. Um, so the Vikings, if you look at what their uh, success rate today was, they started 19 series with a rush. They had almost a 95% success rate there and about an 88% success rate overall in all of their series. Bears, uh, just about 70%. They started 11 with rushes and they were at about 64%. I don't, I don't know how this game ended up this close. It seemed like Kirk Cousins had whatever he wanted early, like you said. So I, I don't know what they are. To your point, it just seems like this culture transcends from coach to coach. I've, I've just looked at so many Vikings box scores over the course of two years, and I'm like, maybe even longer, three years, four years. I'm like, how was this the final score? Like, this doesn't make any sense to me. And that was another one of those games today. Um, I didn't have a bet on the game, so I didn't follow it super closely or anything like that. But I don't know. I honestly don't know how it ended up like that. Um, the Eagles still the only remaining undefeated team, as you mentioned. We have a four-way tie for the second best record in the league. I would have never seen this coming. Bills, of course, I would say. Vikings, I could have seen. But Cowboys and Giants, especially after the Cowboys lost Dak in week one, um, pretty amazing that those two teams are where they are at. So I'll, I'll move on to overreactions from this week because I think it's a good segue with the Cowboys. And I think we're likely going to agree here. But in terms of what people will overreact to, I have to think it's the Cooper Rush discussion that is going to take focus. And I, I'm not saying Cooper Rush is a bad quarterback. I'm a Cowboys fan for those that don't know. I love the Cowboys. But there's already the talks of when Dak is healthy, which he's expected to be able to possibly play next week against the Eagles. There's already the talks of Cooper Rush should still be the quarterback. And I just completely disagree with that. It it, it just can't happen. 
you just can't do it. You can't just look at win losses and just say all of a sudden that Cooper Rush is a better quarterback than Dak Prescott. Um, maybe his his range of of good and bad is maybe a little bit tighter. I guess I don't know, but Dak Prescott has way more upside. He's done very well with that offense in the past. I mean, they were a huge scoring team last year. So just because Cooper Rush has managed his way into some of these wins, these wins are not because of Cooper Rush. He's not losing the game for them, which is great. But Dak Prescott could do that too and more. Their defense is what has really been absolutely standout. And I mean, they just showed again, Micah Parsons seemed like on one leg at the end of the game is still managing to take over. He is unbelievable. Completely agree with you. So I think people are very fixated on win loss. And obviously I can understand why. I don't think people are actually watching these Cowboys games in full. I, I they, they honestly can't be because, I mean, today's game, frankly, Cooper Rush didn't have to do anything but not turn it over. I'm not exaggerating. Like he did make a few good throws here and there, but he had to do absolutely nothing in that game today. And when you look at the Cowboys, the last four games since Cooper Rush has started, the total points in their games have been 37, 39, 35, 32. It's it's dumbfounding that a team can produce offensive outputs that are that low and win, and it's definitely the on the backs of their defense. So um, just looking at, the like Cowboys had 239 total net yards today, four and a half yards per play. They had 76 net passing yards today. And people are going to like say Cooper Rush is the answer. Again, small sample size, Cooper Rush might be very good. There's a very small possibility he's actually better than Dak Prescott. But we have a very large sample of Dak Prescott in the NFL, which is well above average. And how do you not go with that if the guy is healthy? I, I think there could be concern about rushing him back too early um, off a finger injury. But I can tell you, Clive, as a Cowboys fan, what I feel is the most likely scenario is they play Dak Prescott next week against the Philadelphia Eagles. They lose the game because they're going to be underdogs in Philadelphia. And people are going to say, should have started Cooper Rush. We're in a very results-oriented world. Um, I posted something about this earlier this week. You and I both have poker backgrounds. And, um, you know, a good play isn't one just because it won. And a good quarterback isn't good just because he won. It's a whole team. There's a lot of dynamics. There's a lot of uh, expected value that either was overachieved or underachieved typically. He is he's fine. I mean, like he is a guy who's going to be great as a backup. He could probably be a help to a couple of teams as a starter. Um, like put him on Detroit and I'd be interested in see what that looked like. Just as an example, right? Like Jared Goff, we know what he is at this point. Like he is, he could be a turnover machine, blah, 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 whatever. He, you're not going anywhere with him. I'd be interested to see what he could do with that offense as an example. Uh, but anybody calling for Dak Prescott to be benched, especially against a team like the Eagles next week, if they lose, I think they're they're missing the script. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned Detroit. I think that's for me the team that people will overreact to the most. They've gone from being like the the public darlings, uh, everybody loving head coach Dan Campbell, hard knocks, um, to the team that's kind of fell off the cliff, and now they are. Um, one and four on the year, negative 30 point differential. They lose 29, nothing to new England today. I think that the people now think the lions are terrible again. And frankly, I think that they're just somewhere in between. 
Um, so that to me is a team that I believe has a bye next week, but they're going to come out of that bye week fairly healthy. And when we think about the amount of players that are injured, uh, DeAndre Swift, DJ Chark didn't play today. On defense, a couple defensive linemen, Charles Harris, John Kaminsky didn't play. They lost Will Harris in game. Uh, Savion Smith had a very scary neck injury in game. They lost him. They lost his backup to Sean Elliott. They've just been trampled by injuries. And frankly, that D-line could not go up against the Patriots O-line today. There was just no hope that that was going to end well. So I think that the Lions are going to be better going forwards then people will probably give them credit for. But we might have to wait a couple weeks for that because of the bye. Well, mind you, that following week after the bye, they are playing Dallas. They're at Dallas. So playing that pass rush too, that's another week where maybe a Detroit team total under is is the right play. Um, You know, where they've put their points up this year, they put their points up against Philly. A lot of it was garbage time for the most part. Um, They beat Washington. Minnesota, they put up 24 and then Seattle, they put up, you know, a huge number in a fun game last week. That was like a video game, but everybody seems to score against Seattle. Saints put up 39 this week. So I think their, their point totals are a bit fraudulent and inflated defensively. They're not. Yeah, I would agree with that. They got the, I believe they played their first outdoor game of the year today as well, which is not Jared Goff's specialty, I would say either. So that kind of plays into it um, a little bit more, but I'll be interested to see with the lines going forwards because I do think that there's a, uh, uh, yeah, I think people, you know, have, have done a complete 180 on that team. And I just think they were never as good as people thought they were. And now I don't think they're nearly as bad as they thought they were. Um, people will be listening to this on Monday, Monday night football. We have the Kansas city chiefs hosting the Las Vegas Raiders, uh, looking at the market right now. Pretty much seven, seven minus one fifteen in favor of Kansas City, total at fifty-two. Any opinion for you on Monday night football? Not really. I mean, if I'm remembering correctly, this is pretty much what we said was gonna be for the total and the and the spread. Maybe a juice seven, uh maybe it gets a seven and a half. Um and then, you know, low fifties, fifty one, fifty one and a half. So it it's it's really hard. I mean, gun to my head, I I take the Chiefs with giving seven, but I don't think there's enough edge for me on either side to, to make a play. Yeah. I've sort of been waiting all week to catch a seven and a half and it's never really come to fruition. And and it's obviously going to be painful to bet against the chiefs right now, but I, I do think that there's some upside with the Raiders offense. I think the Raiders offense is going to improve as the year goes on. Um, they're just 17th in success rate offensively, but they get Hunter Renfro back this week. Uh, they were missing their center, Andre James, for a while. He came back in last week's win over Denver. The offense looked pretty good against a Denver defense that has been uh, pretty solid for the majority of the season. So uh, very, very strong lean to the Raiders. I'll let people know that I have not bet the game, but I am looking to potentially get in on the Raiders if I can find a good price. Just not, you know, the Chiefs are one of those teams where it's like, I'm not in a rush to bet against them unless I feel like I'm getting a great number. and seven and a half to me would be a great number. Seven is not. Yeah, it's it's a big deal. That that half is really a big deal, especially in this game. I, I mean, with the past defense of the Raiders, I haven't seen a lot that I, I liked at all. Uh, a little bit better against the run. I mean, even though they haven't even played that many great offenses. Denver, Tennessee, Arizona have been the last three weeks, mm-hmm. and they're all putting up 20-something points apiece. So 
If anything, I'm I'm leaning towards the over more than a side. Yeah, the Raiders defense did get cooked a couple times by Kansas City last year, but that was uh, Gus Bradley defense, and uh, he just didn't really have the personnel to run what he wanted uh, against the Chiefs. So um, strong lean to Raiders for me, nothing. I think we can move on to week six in the NFL, where we still we do get the first four bye weeks of the year, so it will be an abbreviated card. Um, it starts Thursday night football, the Chicago bears and the Washington commanders. So those listening for the first time, I have not looked at the lines for next week yet. I don't do any early week betting. I avoid it. Um, so I am just going to guess where I think the market will be on Monday and generally where I think the market will move to over the course of the week. Um, and Clive will do the same Clive. I don't know if you've happened to come across any numbers or anything like that, or you're going in blind this week. Uh, but I hope you're going for in blind this, this particular week. game. I saw something, I don't know if it's right or not, but here's where I would probably expect the market to be uh, on a neutral field. I would probably say the commanders are half a point or a point better in the market, maybe a little bit less off of this week, but that would maybe have, it's not going to be a pick. Maybe the Bears minus a half, you know. So basically, in essence, pick. Um, that's what I would guess. But I, I don't, I think the market's going to, the market really wanted the commanders this week. Like I saw it happening. Mm-hmm. I thought that that number opened too high for Tennessee and it did come all the way down to what did it, did it end up at a full pick? In most places or not? Um, one, Tennessee one. I saw maybe some picks at close as well. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know if they downgrade the commanders. I don't know. This is these two teams both suck, and I, I don't want to watch the yeah. game. That's my yeah. Point. I hear you. I mean, <laughs> I, I think if the game was played today, Washington would have been favored. I think now the Bears are favored because the Bears gave the Vikings a bit of a battle. The thing with Washington is like all the um, you know the reverse line movement, uh, anti-public betters. This is where they've got they've got torch now, right? A couple weeks in a row. Um, and then there's been the people who've just been fading Washington and winning. So I think you get, um, basically people who want to just continue betting against Washington because they've been doing that the last couple of weeks with Dallas and Tennessee, or you get the people that have mm-hmm. just been burned by Washington pretty regularly and they don't want to go near them anymore. Um, which is, I, I think this leads to bears now being a small favorite in the game. I would guess minus one and a half or so. Um, I don't know where it will move. I think it will just settle. Honestly, I don't think there's gonna be a lot of interest in people betting this game. I think it's just going to settle in that range of bear small favorite. This has to be, I mean, I'm just looking at the games, the list of games next week. This has to be the lowest total on the board. Like this has to be thirties. In my opinion, I will be floored if a Chicago outdoor game with the bears and commanders offense is Hmm. in the fools. I could see it opening at 40 and a half, but I think it would get bet down. If that's what happens, mm-hmm. maybe I, I I don't see it closing in the forties. Let me put it that way. Maybe maybe you're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, for maybe. sure. I I mean it's not that it's not a huge huge difference forty to thirty nine and a half. I mean it's just a matter of what I think it's going to open at based off of what the market had them for this week. So it could be thirty nine and a half. Could be forty. I, we're in the same ballpark. Yeah. I I don't want anything to do with this game. I'm glad it's Joey Kanish. And Andrew Walker doing prime time for this game and not myself because that would have been uh, pure pain. I can't, I'm actually very much looking forward to them breaking down this game or trying to before and at the half. Oh, God. Um, all right. 
Tampa Bay at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh got destroyed today by the Bills. And the Kenny Pickett era. The Kenny Pickett era has begun. Don't know why it didn't start a week earlier where they could have had 10 days to prep him and he wouldn't have had, had to start against the Buffalo Bills. But uh, should be noted, Pittsburgh had a bunch of injuries today. Uh, they were already without TJ Watt, Akella Witherspoon, Terrell Edmonds. Levi Will- Wallace got hurt today. Cameron Sutton got hurt today. Pat Fryermuth, their tight end, got hurt today. Don't know what the status of them is going to be. Um, Pittsburgh hosting Tampa Bay. I'll give you first crack at this one. With Tampa Bay, how their offense has been. Uh, so the Bills, 13.5. I don't know. I think it opens 10.5. Okay. Um, I'm going to say lower, but not by much. I do think that the Steelers are going to generate some, um, like they're going to be in a, yes, exactly. They're going to be an attractive bet coming off a blowout loss. Buffalo probably made them look worse than they are. Um, just couldn't get anything going. Like that game spiraled out of control right away. I would guess that, see, these ones are tricky because they, you can't really put it in that teaser zone, right? Because then it's just like everyone teases Tampa Bay down. So I, I will guess Tampa Bay 10. Man, that's high though, because Tampa Bay was just 10 at home to Atlanta. I think the market likes Atlanta a lot more than they like Pittsburgh. But again, Tampa was also at home. So that's that's where I'm kind of like, mm. I think I'm probably conflating a little bit where I think the line might end up versus where it'll mm-hmm. open. Yeah, I I don't think it closes double digits. Let me put it that way. I think Pittsburgh will draw some money. Um, maybe you're right. Maybe yeah, market does probably like Atlanta a little bit more than Pittsburgh. Tough, tough one. Uh, I'll say ten. Uh, yeah. and and the Pittsburgh draws money. Uh, total. This is going to be challenging. Bucks offense, man. They I don't know. They they moved the ball up and down the field, but they couldn't score today. Uh, they they haven't been able to put the ball in the end zone all year. That's been their thing. Like they they just can't get that. They're missing Gronk or somebody in that Gronk role that I guess just opens up the field enough. I mean, Mike Evans has scored a few touchdowns and, and had, I mean, they had a big week last week. But other than that, for the most part, I'd, I'd love to see what their efficiency is because I haven't looked at it in a couple of weeks. I, um, I've i also seen, I also saw, and I because I was paying such close attention to Falcons Bucks today because I had a bet on that game, Sean Murphy Bunting and Carlton Davis left the game for the Bucks in the second half. So that's two of their top three cornerbacks. That could obviously pose an issue uh, with the depth that the Steelers have at receiver. Uh, I would anticipate that this total opens somewhere in the dead zone uh, between 41 and 44, but gets bet up. That's what I would say. So I'm going to say 42 and a half and money towards the over, I guess, depending on the injury. Yeah, report. 42 and a half is actually what I would have said too. Uh, God. Joe Burrow. Uh, so 42 and a half. Yeah. No, no disagreement on that one at all. Um, getting bet up to your point, it's going to be heavily, heavily based on the injury report of who's in and who's out. Okay. We will move on. Colts hosting the Jags. Colts haven't played since Thursday. They look pathetic. They won the game. Who does the market view is better right now? Jacksonville or Indianapolis following Jacksonville's loss to Houston today? Oh God. I, I think it's it's got to be Indy probably by somewhere between a half a point, but I'm leaning more towards a point because the Colts still do have that win versus Kansas City. Um, on a neutral, you're saying? Like if, if you're saying market views Indy yeah, yeah. slightly better? I, Maybe I wonder if point. the primetime, like just the primetime game just skews the perception so much that people are willing to to dismiss the Jacksonville loss. 
Um, I, I, I don't see any way that this isn't just in the small favorite in this game, right? Like that's where it has to be. Either way, the market is viewing them as very yeah. close to you. Yes, very much so. Uh, total, total low um, as well, and, right? Yeah. I mean, think about what do you think the total would have been two weeks ago? Oh. And how much different do you think it is now? It would be a, four points. It would, it would have been like mid forties or maybe like 44. Yeah. It, it's definitely going to be low forties now, probably yes. 41. Yeah. It's, Think if it's 41, maybe it does still get bet up a little bit. But what the hell just happened here? Oh, God. Yep. I'm the crossbar. See, when we're doing this live next week, we're going to be able to react to some of these things and see what people are saying in the chat. Um, uh, I'd probably say 41 and a half yep. for a total. Um, and I think it would have been 45 two weeks we're ago. We're on the same page. I would say Colts, one and a half point favorites, 41. And we'll see where the market goes. I think it's probably more likely to go over than under, uh, but yes. can't confirm that. Uh, this one's interesting. Browns, Patriots. Patriots look good. They're pushing people around off the ball last couple weeks. Bailey Zappi, there is a hype train around Bailey Zappi right now. Um, they're going to be a difficult team to price because they really didn't need much out of the quarterback position uh, this week. So this is this is one of the more challenging games, I think, which is why I'm going to throw to you first. Yeah, and honestly, I, I think Cleveland probably should have won this week. Um, who's home? Cleveland's at home. Cleveland's at home. I think it's going to stay in the zone between one and a half and two and a half Cleveland. I think it maybe opens up at two. I think you're probably right. Um, I could see, I, I think I would send out Cleveland two and a half. I don't know which way the market will go. I think this game is going to have differing opinions. Uh, I really do. Um, one way or another, because I think there's such a wide range on what you could think the Patriots are right now. I think the Browns, we have generally an idea of what they are. They're they're like somewhere around a league average team, um, you know, but New England, who knows? So I'll say Cleveland two and a half, no clue where the number goes. Total, I think, has to start low, but I... How how low like forty you know, three? Yeah, somewhere like that, and and maybe gets bet up as well. Possibly the Browns defense is giving people a lot of pause. Yeah, right and I think the one other factor is New England has not been great against the run so far either. So that's a pretty big could be a pretty big matchup disadvantage, but it could lead to a lot of points. Like so, it it might not just mean that. Not that it's going to be ball control, but that the clock's going to continue to move. The pace might pick up more than I think you might expect it to. So I wouldn't be surprised if this does get bet up from that right. number. Uh, I don't put put a whole lot of stock into the lookaheads, but I did just look at the lookahead for this one. And it was Cleveland minus three, 42 and a half. Hmm. I'm not sure how much today's games change things, but definitely I think people will upgrade the Patriots. So I think we have a pretty good number there. Two and a half moves off of the three, still a low total. Um, yeah, I, I, I honestly have no idea what the market will do. Well, I think it's going to be dependent too on, on, I don't know. It it seemed like Mac Jones was on the injury report is not as out this week. Like it turned out he was doubtful. I don't know how close he is to coming back either. And I don't know what that does to the number either. He he has a high ankle sprain. I know that he's just like, he's, he's throwing the ball a little bit here and there, but like, I, I don't think they force him back unless he's ready. Um, I hear what you're saying. I don't think he'll play next week. My gut is that he won't. It'll be another uh, Bailey Zappi start. Uh, we have the Jets, 
who destroyed the Dolphins today. We didn't really talk a whole lot about that game, but I think it was just like injury to Teddy Bridgewater early. Skylar Thompson comes in, left tackle to Ron Armstead gets hurt. Um, and I don't know what to make of the Jets, but their offense did look especially good at closing out this game. They go to Lambeau. So Jets go to Lambeau to take on the Green Bay Packers, who lose outright to the Giants. I can, take, I can take the first stab here. Okay. I'll say, like, if I'm opening this game, I'm opening Green Bay minus seven. Uh, I, I think Green Bay will get bet at that number, but I don't know. I think maybe the market is just really down on them now. Um, so I'm opening Green Bay seven, and I'm opening a total in the mid 40s, like 44, 44 and a half, something like that. Oh God, this is this is kind of gross. And, and I, I watched most of the the Miami Jet game because that was my bigger play of the day. Miami was a, a drop away from taking the lead, or at least having a much better shot to take a lead. They ended up kick, you know, missing a fifty something yard field goal. So I think the score is a little misleading. But to your point, they did close out the game well offensively. Oh God, I. I think you're right. I think it probably does get, I think Green Bay gets money at minus seven. Um, I think probably 45 is probably yeah total. So we're in the same boat there. I mean, if you gave me Green Bay minus seven, uh, Green Bay minus seven against the Jets, and like I'm not running numbers right now, so I have no idea what I actually make the game. I feel like that's just a fair price. I could see it going either way, more likely to Green Bay. Um, so maybe it's like Green Bay minus seven, minus one twenty, something. Yeah, like that. seven and a half. I'd be interested. Uh, that's going to be Jets. Yeah, quick, quick instincts. Yeah, yeah. So maybe it's maybe it's just somewhere in between there. Uh, we're, we'll skip past Vikings Dolphins. No idea who the quarterback's going to be for Miami. Don't think it's worth really putting a price on that one, uh, especially since I don't know much about Skylar Thompson. Other than that, I won some money betting on him in the preseason, which was nice. Uh, but aside from that, we will move on. San Fran goes to Atlanta to take on the Atlanta Falcons. Ooh. Now, this is a game I'd be interested in seeing. Um, Bosa, you know, he's he is huge for their defense. I feel like that's even understating yeah. it. But um, it's more it's more than I just Bosa too, right? Like they lost uh, Emmanuel Mosley tore his ACL. Jimmy Ward left the game. They already have Eric Armstead out of the lineup, and he might go on IR. So. It could be a pretty Thin. battered San yeah. Fran defense. And Atlanta played Tampa Bay kind of tough, like tougher even than I expected. Like Lots of garbage time. So yeah. like Atlanta's taken two steps up in class this year. It was Tampa and the Rams. And they were down at least 21 points in both those games. They covered both those games. But there was not much until they got down quite a bit. Yeah, so San Francisco's home. In this game? No, San Francisco's road. So San Fran closed six and a half on the road at Carolina this week. So what do we think is the difference? And like, does San Fran get upgraded because they smoked Carolina by so much? They well, I, th- I think the line probably should have been eight against Carolina. Right. Um, so uh, maybe it's, it's six, six and a half again. Yeah, I think that's probably a good guess. Six. I think Atlanta's going to draw some interest in it at six, but I think it the line has to be. Six. Yeah, I mean Tampa given ten at home to Atlanta. I yeah, it's probably six or six and a half. I I don't think five and a half. I think that's too low, um, and seven's too high. I have a hard time putting a total on this game though. Uh, same with me. I think it's uh, somewhere between 
a classic between 41 and 44, maybe like a 43. I do think the people, I think the over will catch money just because the San Fran defensive injuries. I'm not sure that it should though, because the Falcons offense has actually been really bad now for a few weeks. They can't really pass the ball effectively. So I think the over will get bet. I'm not sure it's the right side. I have to do a little bit more digging into the game, but I would say that this is like a somewhere in the dead zone. I call it the dead zone all the time between 41 and 44. It's not really a dead zone. It's just that those are important numbers. And I think it'll catch some money to the What over. do you think Patterson truly means to that offense in terms of its efficiency? It's got to be. I mean, without him, they've been lost. They like, right? Yeah. And I mean, Kyle Pitts is out this week as well, but he was not like he was splitting snaps at tight end. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what's going on. You know, if him and Arthur Smith got some sort of beef or something, uh, but didn't make a lot of sense to me at least. So um, Cordero Patterson would be huge if they got him back. That would be like a, I think a very And I think hidden that's part of the upgrade. reason why, again, I didn't make a play. Um, you did on Tampa this week, but that was one of those hidden little things that I thought was going to be underrated. And for whatever reason, Tampa just didn't score as much as I thought they would. Anyway, um, I think he just means so much to that offense. I have a hard time putting a total. Maybe it's 42 and a half and gets bet up. And it shouldn't. To your point, I I don't want to I, I don't want to say that it shouldn't, but I I feel like the market, especially early in the week, is just drawn to injuries, right? And people will will look mm-hmm. at the 49ers secondary and and Nick Bosa potentially being out and be like, all right, this is maybe not captured in the early number, betting the over. Um, so I, I yeah, that's where that's I think it's going to move. Um, okay, Panthers and Rams. Oh God, I, this is going to be super. I open this total at twenty four. <laughs> and uh the Rams uh eight and a half. Where's the game? It's, it's in joking. LA, so basically neutral site. Mm, yeah. Rams somehow were given Dallas five today. The, the the Rams are are getting a are rated in market very highly. Now some people might disagree with that. I have a, a an opinion on the Rams, which I think is just echoed by a lot of people right now, which is if they play a team that can pass rush effectively, they are going to have major offensive issues. If they play a team that does not have a strong enough pass rush, then they could carve them up. So, I mean, ultimately, I think it comes down to where do the Panthers rank so far this year in terms of pressure rate? And that's going to be, that's going to kind of forge my opinion on the game. Um, Through last week, through four games, Carolina was near the bottom of the league. One, two, three, four, five. They were ninth worst in the league in pressure rate. But subjectively, I do feel like they have a pretty decent. Yeah, so they've played and the Rams have played three teams with solid defenses, Buffalo, San Francisco, and now Dallas this week that can generate a pass rush and and cause some trouble. So, but Carolina, while they have a good defense, it seems like it's one of those steady-ish kind of defense. Ben don't break, but they're not full of playmakers either, if that makes sense. Um, so I, I think the Rams actually do well against that kind of offense. So I bumped the total from 24 to 25. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I think the Rams probably need to be at least eight and a half. Yeah. Um, wow. I mean, there's a few things that come, come into effect, right? So like they had a few injuries on defense, Carolina, Frankie Louvu, Xavier Woods were out. They lost JC Horn in this game as well, which would be a pretty big blow. Baker Mayfield has an ankle injury. I don't know if that's real or not. I honestly have no clue at this point. Who the hell wants to bet either of these teams is the real question. 
Like who's I think that's go- where maybe maybe the opportunity is in the Rams next week. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind your number. I don't know who I would take at that number. Total 41, I'd say. Spread eight. Yeah. That's uh, kind of where I'm at. I think 40 and a half. Uh, I'd be at 40 and a half. That's, yep. eh, yeah. I, think, I don't think 41. And I don't think it gets bet up either. I think it gets bet down. I didn't bet the Panthers 49ers over today. That one closed at, or sorry, the under today. I considered it. That one closed at 40. Um, but the Rams don't have the same defense that the 49ers do. It's a it's a bit of a downgrade. So maybe you're right. Maybe just slightly yeah. higher than that. Just but the Panthers have had trouble on their offensive line too. So you, you get Aaron Donald out there and maybe he causes a little bit of havoc. Right. Yep. Very possible. Um, NFC West. Arizona goes to Seattle to take on the Seahawks. Perception of Arizona is going to go up because they played a tight game against the C- uh, against the Eagles, excuse me. I still think Arizona stinks, personally. Um, Arizona will be favored. It's just a matter of whether it's a full field goal or not. I'm inclined to say that it's not and that the market will move towards Seattle over the course of the week. Uh, although, you know what? That's That Seattle-New Orleans mo- line movement this week was very weird too because it went out to New Orleans, went back to Seattle, out to New Orleans again, I honestly don't know how the Saints covered that game, if I'm being completely honest either. Um, just looking at the box score, that one seemed pretty even. But uh, Arizona small favorites and high total. Like this one's this one's one of the highest of the week outside of the next game we'll talk about. But this is like... Yeah, I accidentally just saw the look ahead for this. So I, I'm not going to comment too much one way or the other. It's just I would say that Neither one of these teams, the only thing that I'll say about Arizona is I was surprised defensively of how they kind of recovered this week in the second half. But I mean, Seattle hasn't stopped anybody. And I would say the market values Arizona over Seattle for sure. Mm -hmm. But I think it'll be a, I think Um, it'll be a high number too. Like you said, Um, I mean, this week it closed at 45 Seattle, New Orleans on the road. Philly, Arizona closed at 49. The last two Seattle games have gone into the 70s. We got 71 points this week, 93 a week ago. Uh, Even week three was a 50-point game for them. So they're viewed in market as like a a dead over team right now. Um, I think the Cardinals are actually a sneaky under team. That was one of the bets I won today was Eagles-Cardinals under. I just don't think their offense is good enough to sustain drives right now, but it might not matter against Seattle's defense. Like yeah, the Seahawks I, defense I the is so under bad. 21. Um, so when's Hopkins come back? He's got a six week suspension. So not this week, but the following week. Yep. Six games. So either, either way, it's going to be in the fifties for sure. Um, and some sort of Arizona favorite. And what was yeah. the next game that we were going to go to that you thought was going to be pretty high? Bills at the chiefs. 70, matchup next. 71. No one's going to want to bet the under in this game. I don't blame them, especially after watching the playoff game last year. Um, this is a tough one to set. Honestly, having not seen the Chiefs play yet either, that could have a potential impact. Yeah. The Bills will be favored in Arrowhead. Yes. I feel confident. I about um, that. I'd probably set the total at like, and maybe if the Bills didn't have as many injuries in the secondary, I wouldn't set it this high. But because they do, I think I set it at 52 and a oh, half. I would... I think I think higher. Maybe I'm maybe I'm insane. Really? Uh, we haven't seen that many high totals this year. We haven't seen like any mid fifties totals. But I I would honestly send out mid mid fifties 
55. Wow. So we're, we're quite yeah. a ways off. And maybe that's one. just me being kind of pushed down by the market this year. Yeah, possibly. But like, I, I, I even think, I don't know that the average person is like fully aware of that. And on top of that, we are starting to see scoring go back up. Um, True. I, 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 I feel like it's going to close in around 54, but I would set it higher than that. I, I really would. Um, I think you're going to get one-way action on the over this week. I mean, KC has been bet back up from 50 and a half to 52-ish, 51 and a half, something like that. Nah. So, I mean, the total should be more for the Bills, Chiefs, than the Raiders, Chiefs. It's a really fair point. Maybe it opens at 54 and a half, and they want to see which way they get money. Yeah. I mean, listen, if you want to see wow. which way you get money, I think you go 54. Um, because the market will, will tell you one way or another, um, what it's going to be. So what I typically see with these games, this is just my, I've noticed this as a tendency going on maybe five years now. I think what typically happens with these games, and I'm not saying necessarily that it's going to happen for this one in particular, but they usually get bet up. The total usually gets bet up and then it gets absolutely slammed towards game time, towards the under. Mm-hmm. Like someone someone That's is true. moving a lot of money on unders at these high totals very regularly. So to me, I would say that you probably see late money on the under in this game. I would feel very confident about that. Do you think at some point during the week it gets to as high as 55 or 55 and a half? I don't know. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. And I'm just still thinking about totals from previous years and the, the scoring dynamic is is lower now. Um, I'm, I'm really curious about like how the chiefs game tomorrow night, or for those who are listening on Monday tonight will affect the, the spread in this game. That's what I'm curious about because we're going in only knowing what Buffalo's done this week and that's killed Pittsburgh. Not that that means much, but. And we do have a chiefs Tampa game from last week too, to kind of go off of a, of a big number too. that you're right. Scoring has been kind of ticking back up. All right. I'm I'm gonna I'll stick with Bills one minus one and a half with the information that I know now, and I will say fifty four with early move towards over, late move yeah, towards well, under. You kind of convinced me that my number was wrong. I, here's what I I don't know that it is, Clive. I I just know that if you said to me right now, Bills Chiefs fifty two and a half, I would I would immediately bet the over because I think it will end you up know, higher. I, than I agree. Um, Bills one and a half favorites on the road in KC. I tell you, I wouldn't be surprised if it closed at two or two and a half. I don't know where. I think if I if I have it opening, I open Bills minus two. Yeah, and I think it does get bet to two and a half. I think this. I I think there's no scenario here where KC can be favored, or else it's just one way traffic on Buffalo. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think it's going to get out to three at any point. So I think you're just in a a, a range somewhere like minus one, minus two. I think that's. And you might have like somebody out there who doesn't do power ratings might have some sort of situational, not situational, but like X's and O's advantage for a team that they think maybe the market isn't capturing and they might like one of the sides. But I I think it's just a very clear cut Bill's small favorite. Um, Sunday night football, we got Eagles, Cowboys. I don't, I mean, first and foremost, like it's hard to, without the quarterback situation, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the what the quarterback situation is going to be for Dallas right now. There was talks that Dak was like capable of playing this week. Um, I don't know what the the news is and whether or not. I mean, he's day to day, right? 
he can grip a football now. Like, are they going to throw him out there? So here's where I question like long-term thinking, long-term strategy, right? Division game, obviously it's very important, right? Eagles do have a relatively decent pass rush and can pressure the quarterback. Is that the game you want him coming back and playing and potentially getting hurt? Or do you bring him back the following week versus Detroit where it's a little bit of a safer scenario? I mean, personally, I would never rush after seeing Russell Wilson return from a finger injury midseason last year where he was kind of rushed back. I would give the quarterback as much time as they need. Um, I think if I had to guess, if I had to put like a probability on it, I'd say there's about a 75% chance Cooper Rush is starting Sunday night football next week, if not higher. I The, Cow- yeah. the Cowboys are four and one. I don't think that they want to risk the season, essentially. Like they're in a good spot. Uh, yeah, so I, I would, agree. and the Eagles could just be an injury or two away from you know losing that division too. So I really wouldn't put all my chips in the middle here and, and potentially make agree. things work. So I think we should set a number as if Cooper Rush is starting, uh, because I think that's the most likely scenario. I don't know what's happening with the Eagles O line. Jason Kelsey and Landon Dickerson left uh, the game today for the Philadelphia Eagles. For Dallas, Micah Parsons left, came back. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, he, he finished the game, so I'm going to assume Micah Parsons is in next week. Uh, but like, okay, our closing number for Rams and Cowboys today was five or five, five. and a half. Yeah, depending on where you were getting it. The Eagles, Eagles are better, are than, better the than the Rams, but the Cowboys are upgraded in market yeah. for having one as an under. So I think if they reset the line today, Rams Cowboys, did they make it three and a half? Probably. Rams maybe, at home? Maybe, honestly, maybe even less based off of the maybe one-sidedness less. of the matchup. I don't know. I, th- I think the Eagles now get that. I think they might open at minus six, maybe minus six and a half. I don't think it'll be a full seven with the Cowboys getting upgraded. I think it can't, it cannot be seven. There's no, there's no way where Dallas doesn't draw money at seven. Um, and I don't think it'd be five and a half either. No, I think, yeah, I think it's six. That's a tough one. Six. I may, I might bet Dallas. Um, I think six is a good number. Six is a good number. I think a total around, again, the Cowboys have not scored into the 40s this year. Like any games involving the Cowboys have not ended at 40 points or more. So this is going to be a low. This was one of my wins Low today. total. Um, 42. I say, I say Philly minus six, 42. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if they open it just a touch higher because the Phillies, because it's, I, I think it's going to open 42 and a half. And I think it'll get bet down. I don't, I honestly don't know which way this total will go. I gun to my head minus six forty two. It's going to be half. very weird to see a uh, Eagles total in the low forties, right? It's going to yeah, be very unusual with the state of like how good they they are offensively outside of today. Although they honestly though three of their five games have ended thirty seven points or less this year. They have played some very low scoring games as well. And I think, you know, given what the Cardinals' defense is, if that game closed, it would have closed that. What did the Cowboys – I got the Cowboys-Rams at 44. I think it closed at 41 and a half. You bet the no, under? No, no, I bet the under at 44 and oh, closed yeah. at 41 and a half. So that was one of the yeah. wins I had this week. I'm trying to think, if that game opened 44, what should the Eagles – yeah, that's that's it. Ha- it. It's it's going to be lower because this is just another game of Dallas's defense. Like, yeah, just being a they have been inc- exceptionally good, and they put a lot of pressure mm-hmm. on the quarterback. I I think the I think the Cowboys will draw money at six. I think that's I fair. Do. 
I, like I don't think it. Would I, I wouldn't. I I yeah. wouldn't want to take Philly at six, but I do think that's what it would yeah. probably open. I think at. that's fair as well. Um, final game, Monday Night Football, Broncos at Chargers. It was reported this week that Russell Wilson is playing with a, a lat tear. I don't remember what it, he's playing with some sort of tear in his throwing shoulder. Um, yeah, not good. <laughs> um, that makes it especially difficult to set a number on a game. What what is a a tear in the throwing shoulder worth. I mean, it's worth worth something. Um, obviously, we we saw the Broncos stink it up on Thursday night. That's going to play a factor into the line. Uh, there's tons of injuries for the Broncos as well. There's just uh, no chemistry Bulls, on that offense. Uh, it, the offense no. has zero chemistry. The defense has no players. Uh, Randy Gregory's hurt. Baron Browning left the game. Josie Jewell left the game. Darius Phillips, Aaron Patrick. They lost a lot of players. Now, they have a little bit of extra rest. I don't know that I ever trust the Chargers to cover numbers as favorites here. It's a divisional game. Like, what is this spread in oh, week God. one? I'm so yeah. skewed on Denver now that I don't think I could make an honest assumption of what they even were. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. One, three and a half? Even less. I, I, I don't Because the Chargers have, have almost no home field advantage. There'd be just as many Broncos fans at this game, I would think. I mean, there's still some home field advantage for the travel. I, I get it, but it's it's very minimal here. Um, I don't know. You have to put out a number where people will consider betting Denver. And I think that they're as close to being toxic as any team in the league right now. So I think, I, I honestly think like Chargers, I, I can't believe I'm saying this. It does sound insane that I'm saying this. I don't think it's going to close this way. I think Denver will draw money, but I would send out Chargers minus six and a half. I was going to say seven. Oh, even higher. Yeah. Okay. So that's where we're at. Like we've come that yeah. far down on Denver uh, in the span of a few weeks. And even for a Chargers game, I, I think the totals probably, I- I'm so skewed. I- I'm just so skewed. Like saying it sounds dirty, but like even 45 for a Charger total, like with as rough as their defense is. What is that? Uh, 45. This is like you got the polar opposite ends of the spectrum, right? Because if you look at the Chargers' last four games, 58, 58, 48, 51. I'm not talking about the closing totals. I'm talking about the, the amount of points in their games. So you've you've seen them score into the 50s three times. The other time was high 40s. Then you look at Denver uh, outside of the week four game against the Raiders, which ended up being 55 total points. Their games have had 21, 21, 25, and 33 points. So you get teams on the extreme end of the spectrum. I would be, I would say, um, I mean, my my personal thought is that this is somewhere in the mid 40s, like a 45 and a half. You just kind of like balancing out what a typical Chargers total would be and a typical Broncos total would be and just meeting in the middle somewhere. And I think I would bet under at 45 and a half. Um, I was thinking 45, but I don't feel good about like setting. The, it just doesn't feel right. And I would, yeah, yeah, and minus seven, that's what I would probably, or maybe like a uh, minus seven, uh, minus 100, you know, but not minus 100, even money. We might as well talk about the game that, that went final. So Ravens beat the Bengals 1917. Just another, another dick punch basically for me today. With a Baltimore minus three, when when does John Harbaugh get down to like fourth and inches at the two yard line and kick a field goal? 
Like, when does that ever happen? It was really hard for me not to say anything on the stream. Like when we were talking through this, like, I'm like, what the is happening going on? What are we Uh, doing? Ravens go to the uh, four and one New York football giants next week. Uh, Wink Martindale revenge game, as it will be dubbed um, with Wink going against his former team. I don't know if these are the types of wins where people upgrade Baltimore and market. Probably not. I would guess um, uh, this is this is a tough number for me to set because I actually don't know what people think the Giants are right now. They're a four and one team, so <laughs> their power rating has They're to top be really five high. in the league. Just based um, on, if you're doing power rankings, yes. you, you put them behind the five and zero teams, but ahead of the three and two. Correct. And the NFC East has three teams better than four and one, so it's clearly the best division in football. So that being said. Baltimore going to the Giants. No one's going to want to bet the Giants, right? Like no one. They're, everyone's just waiting for the Giants to have that game where they get destroyed. It feels like people just keep waiting for it, waiting for it, and they're they're here and they're 4-1. and one. And now you have Baltimore, who for some reason plays in a close game every single week, can't possibly hold the lead. Uh, I don't know. Like, if it's six and a half, if it's that, I think the Giants are going to get bad. Six, maybe. I'm thinking six. Yeah. And I still think the Giants are going to take money. I think the Giants are going to be a very popular sharp play next week. I, I, at six and a half, I think they get bad. I think the game maybe closes at six. Um, yeah, I don't think it goes towards seven. I think that's nuts. But, um, what about for a total? 45 and a half, 46? Ooh, I would bet under if that was the total. I was going to say 44. The Giants offense is so predicated on running the ball. And honestly, so is the Ravens. I want to see if Rashad Bateman can play, but I don't know if he's going to be back next week either. And like the Ravens offense just lacks weapons down the field. Right and to now, be fair, the Bateman's Giants are not a team that's going to attack a secondary very, very hard either. It's a lot of underneath stuff exactly. and, and hoping Barkley can break something. But um, against a mobile quarterback, I can see the Ravens struggling a little bit. Um, I would lean more towards your number than mine though, for a total. At 44, 44 and a half, I'd consider the over though. I'd have to crunch some numbers. All right. We'll close off on the final game that we haven't talked about. Um, again, I'm not, we're not going to do Minnesota-Miami because I, I, I can't right now. Um, don't know if it's Teddy. Don't know if it's Skyler. Um, <laughs> It could take some educated guesses, but I'm going to leave that be. Bengals at Saints next week. Bengals at Saints. I don't downgrade the Bengals after this week. Um, the Ravens should have won by more than they won by. I, I don't understand why they didn't try and make that game 20 to 10 as opposed to making it 16 to 10. Still, That still blows my mind. Um, but I think the, the Bengals market number is pretty accurate now. The Saints... The Taysom Hill show today for like some of those. Oh man, I, I don't like it. The Saints defense has some problems right now, but I don't know that the Bengals can really expose anyone at this point. It's weird that I'm saying that, obviously after last year's uh, trip to the Super Bowl, but Bengals offense just leaves so much to be desired for me. Um, I think market views the Bengals as slightly better than New Orleans. You give the Saints home field advantage. I think the game is probably a pick 'em. I think the total um totals probably in you know the 43 range is what I would have to guess. Uh, although man who's uh, 
I, I still think people give the Bengals offense too much credit. So I don't know that the total can be made 43 without. Yeah, no, I think it would get bet over. That's why I was going to say 43 and a half should be it, what it opens at. And it might get bet down, but maybe not. Um, the Bengals, I do think, are, are viewed as better than the Saints in the market. Is it a full point and a half better? Probably. But that's about it. Yeah, I, I agree with you on this. I don't. I wouldn't do any. I wouldn't say anything different except maybe bump the total up a half a point. Without without um, seeing like the lines, I'm not going to look at them now. What do we think the most popular sides are going to be next week? Like, who can people not bet on or against? Like, I I cannot see anyone wanting to bet Denver. I think the Chargers are going to be a super popular side. Um, just in general, like if you're if you're thinking to yourself like casual NFL fan. They look at the games or like, you know how people talk to themselves at the end of the week and they're like, oh, I can't wait to bet against this team. I can't wait to bet on this team. And they just kind of ignore the number. What are what are the teams like? What are those games where that number is going to be ignored by just a casual better? I think Chargers, Carolina, like you think you think the Rams are going to take action or Carolina is? I think Carolina will take no action. Like nobody's going to want to bet Carolina in that game, even as bad as you know the Rams have looked offensively. I don't think anybody's going to take Carolina. I, I think people will uh, talk themselves into taking Carolina like they do every single week. I don't know. Like there's there's something about humans where they just they like keep touching paint, the hot their, stove. Their like colors. just keep you know. Yeah. Yep, still hot, still hot. Oh See, God! I, I think right, no well. one's going anywhere near the Steelers. That was the second one I was going to say. I was going to say Steelers. And honestly, I don't think anyone wants to go anywhere near the Colts. I still think that people like the Jags, don't like the Colts. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but I feel like those are the team. Denver, Indianapolis played such a staggeringly bad primetime game that's resonated in everyone. Like it's it's ingrained in people's minds. It's like, how can I possibly bet on that team next week? And people will will lose sight of what the number is in the game. And they'll say, how can I possibly bet those teams? Um, so those are the two. And then the Steelers, they just get like, they look so bad, but that's the Bills effect. Like, every, you know, yeah, so many teams I can't, I can't ever say on the, on the total side of things, like nobody's going to want to bet the over because people just always want to bet overs. Um, so yeah, those those are probably the, the tough ones. I think people might get excited to bet the Jets for some strange reason. That wouldn't shock me. Um, I think people are going to get heavy on the San Francisco train probably mm, against yeah. him. Like, yeah, you're, you're right. San Fran back to back, like pretty dominant covers. They're a good team, but they're going to have a lot of injuries next week to navigate through. Could be a rough spot for them just with the injury situation. But like, yeah, San Fran to me is legit Super Bowl contender. Yeah. Right now. And I, I think the public is just waiting for one more Chargers win. If they blow the doors off at of Denver, the following, they're going to, be dying to bet the Chargers, provided they don't have a bye week, because I mm-hmm. don't see that far ahead. Yeah. All right. That'll do it for us. We got we some structure, some structure this week. We got some structure. Definitely. I mean, the structure is good. I I, I get it. I, I started in radio. You know, I was a producer. I was a host. You always want to segue to something easily. So it was I found it easier to go recap a game and then segue to the game coming up next week that might involve that team. People don't like that. Totally fine with it. So we'll go with this structure going forward. You can drop us some feedback, uh, message on Twitter at the Hammer HQ anytime we do take your feedback seriously. Next week, live show, 10.30 p.m. Eastern time. We'll see how that goes. Guys and gals, if you do enjoy the content, let people know about it. Let people know about forward progress. Tell your friends, tell them to listen, tell them to check out the Hammer, the Hammer.bet. I think we put together some pretty good content 
uh, we do want to get the word out there. If you haven't subscribed yet on whichever platform you consume content, subscribe, give us a thumbs up, rate and review five stars. It goes a long way. For Rob Pizzola, for Clive Bixby, for our producer, Jason, thank you very much for listening to Forward Progress, and we will catch you live next week. Thanks all for listening.